Hello. Welcome to Doatan, a weekly podcast that brings you human rights stories from around Myanmar. Brought to you by Frontier Myanmar in association with Foundation Hirondelle. This week, we talk to the families of those who have died while in junta custody. In many cases, the regime has returned their bodies to family members a day after the arrest, with corpses that show signs of torture. This story was reported by journalists at Frontier Myanmar. The mortuary employee asked me to see if the dead body was my wife. Only then I knew that she had died. I thought she would not die of a gunshot and she would just have to have her leg amputated at the very worst. I only found out the next morning that she had died. That's Ko Min Sui, who lives in central Myanmar, speaking bluntly about how security forces treated him after his wife's death. The 30-somethings were seasonal workers. While the family was not well off, they lived happily with their three children. Mint Sui is now a single parent. It has been more than two weeks since his wife, Ma Malar Win, was shot and killed by junta security forces. They were cracking down on an anti-coup protest in Pukaku, Magui region, on March 19th. From the back of my heart, people came shouting in protest, and my wife went out as usual. She had just walked a few yards from the house. I ran to call her back and shouted, Malawi, police are coming. And she ran back to the house, but she was shot and fell down right away. She couldn't even call my name back. A bullet hit Marla Wynn's thigh before she was detained. The next day, police returned her lifeless body to Min Sui. It had injuries visible on the head and face. Min Sui said she looked like she had been beaten. Stories like his have proliferated since the first week of March. They're all similar. An individual is detained by security forces with no injuries or with non-life-threatening injuries. A day later, families are told to come retrieve a dead body. In some cases, the bodies aren't even returned. Relatives are never given an official cause of death. When I complained about the cause of death, the soldiers pointed their guns at me, so I did not dare to complain further. When I said my wife had no health problems and no boils, they insisted that she had boils, pointed their guns at me. So I said resentfully, let it be. Kopeto was a disabled man from Yangon's North Dagon Township. He acted as a scout at anti-coup protests, trying to help keep protesters safe. He was detained at a night protest in South Dagon Township one evening. His body was found the next morning dumped by a roadside, along with the dead body of his friend, Ko Mong A. His family has received no statement or explanation of what happened. We knew Kumal A had been hit at night, and he must have died then. But we heard that Kopeito was only injured, and we only found out the next day that he had died. I was told that he was only injured, but the next morning I found him dead. He was shot right into his eye, and his brain cracked. 
According to an online dashboard that's tracking crackdown deaths, nearly 70 people have been killed while in detention. The dashboard data is based on news reports, social media posts, and data from other tracking groups, like the Assistance Association for Political Prisoners. As we recorded this on April 12th, security forces had killed more than 600 people, according to that group. There have been deaths nearly every day since early February. Many parents fear the worst for their children. We spoke to the mother of one young protester who was often on the front line. Words fail to say how much I am worried for him. I can only pray for him from the home. I feel guilty if I stop him, but when I allowed him to join the protest, the only thing I can do is to pray for him. I pray not only for his safety, but also for the safety of other children from my house every day. Police and Tatmadaw soldiers have committed serious and numerous human rights violations in their crackdowns. With the military in control of all branches of government, the fundamental rights of the people of Myanmar, to due process, to fair trials, to liberty, even to life, are being rapidly stripped away. Many charged with crimes are denied access to legal aid. But human rights groups have been collecting evidence of these and other rights violations, trying to send them to international bodies for future prosecution. Here is Uang Myomin from the Gender Equality Network. Those who have no idea why their relatives were taken away and how they were tortured deserve deep sympathy. It is obvious that the detainees were deliberately tortured. Signs of torture were found on the bodies that could be retrieved. In some cases, the bodies were significantly disfigured, so it is obvious that they are committing inhumane torture. They are not just arresting people, but are torturing people to the death. These are human rights violations and unacceptable crimes, but there is no mechanism in place to file complaints and hold the perpetrators accountable. Under the current circumstances, people consider themselves lucky to get back the body of their relatives. It is unacceptable under the law what a wrongful society we live in with grave human rights violations. Since the coup, government agencies like the Myanmar National Human Rights Commission have gone defunct. But there are still mechanisms for filing complaints and evidence of rights violations to international bodies. Groups like Save the Children can help with rights violations that deal specifically with women and children. In 2018, the United Nations Human Rights Council established an independent investigative mechanism for Myanmar to, quote, collect, consolidate, preserve, and analyze evidence of the most serious international crimes and violations of international law committed by Myanmar's military. The independent mechanism does this to, quote, facilitate and expedite fair and independent criminal proceedings in international courts or tribunals that have or may in the future have jurisdiction over these crimes. Because of this, Aung Myo Min is urging victims' relatives to collect evidence of what's happened to their loved ones. <laughs> I want them to collect evidence and not just grief for what happened. They should note down the suspicious injuries they find on a dead boy. They should collect as much evidence as possible and keep it well. It will become critical evidence to establish the truth of the victims. They will become the pressure which brings the perpetrators to justice. So far, the families of those who have died are yet to receive justice. Peto's widow hopes no more people have to share her fate. 
It is not fair. I want other people to know about this injustice. I don't want to lose anymore, and I hope no more people are faced with such a tragic fate. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Doha Tan. This report was produced by journalists at Frontier Myanmar. You can listen to the podcast on Frontier's website, frontiermyanmar.net, or on Frontier's Facebook page. You can also listen on Doatan's Facebook, SoundCloud, or YouTube pages, or you can find it on iTunes. This project to support human rights reporting is a partnership between Frontier Myanmar and Foundation Hirondo, with the support of the Embassy of the Netherlands in Myanmar and the Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation. Thanks for staying with us.